This topic of mechila, whenever I talk about it in shul, I find it to be a highly sensitive topic. <laughs> uh, whenever the, like, it always raises more questions than it answers. It usually touches some, uh, you know, sensitive points in all of us because we all generally are faced with the situation where we either need to ask mechila or we need to be Michael. Um, this past Sunday, I gave a shir to the woman where I went through different makairis in Tanakh um, where you see two things. You see the obligate, what it is the obligation to ask Mechila is and you also see what is the obligation to forgive. And that's on a spiritual level. And we're going to kind of get to the same place that we got there on Sunday, but we're going to start today with a whole different point and that's forgiving for financial matters. Like if people owe you money, if people remazic you, if people fa- fail to pay you when you did work for them, and etc., etc. So, t- let's start with reading this first thing. The first thing is Tefillah Zaka. So, I imagine everybody's familiar. Tefillah Zaka is printed in your Yom Kippur Machzer. Um, you're intended to say it before you get to, uh, before you start saying Kal Nidre. Uh, the reality is that many people only get to say it after Kol Nidre, if there's some time, and the rabbi's not speaking. <laughs> I always feel bad stopping people from saying Tfil Zaka. But um, they're, they're, they're essentially, Tfil Zaka was written by the Chai Adam, so it, is a, it, has a, it has a very powerful makar. Chai Adam was like basically the Mishnah Brura before Mishnah Brura came along, and much of Mishnah Brura is based on Chai Adam. So he wrote the Tefillah Zaka. So in the middle of Tefillah Zaka, it used to be closer to the end, and then they rearranged it that it should be closer to the beginning with the hope that everybody says this part, because it's a very key part. What it says is like this. This is the first entry over here. Anybody that sinned against me, whether he sinned against me physically or financially, or if he... Um, Spoke about Milashon Harva, Philohitzah Shemra, and even Maitzi Shemra. Anybody who damaged me uh, physically or financially. And any sin that's been on the Machaberi. This is the key line over here. Except for money that I'm able to go to Bastin and extract it. Uh, and another nusuch, which is, I think, um, a little bit more of the familiar nusuch, is Asher Chutz Mimamin Asher Ani Roitzelotavam Ba'ucha Lahaitzi Apidin. Right? So we're excluding from this mechila, where we're absolving everybody from any financial obligations they might have to us, whether they damaged us and they owe us money because they damaged us, or whether they owe us money or whether they, um, whatever kind of financial ex- uh, obligation they have to us. We are forgiving them with the exception of money that we could extract for them, from them in a dintaira, which means we have to have proof, and we have to have a proof that's acceptable in a dintaira. And we're adding that not only that I'm able to extract it in a dintaira, but also I plan on extracting it in a dintaira, which are two very different things, right? Obviously, there's a lot of very, very few things that a person would be willing to go to a dintaira for, even if you could go to a dintaira. A dintaira is a expensive. You know, it's cost money, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of agabus nefesh. Generally, you won't go to it entire unless it's a sufficient amount of money to warrant going. So the addition is important. So not only are we excluding, the, we're, we're going to be Michael, even money that 
technically we could prove that the person owes us, but if we're not planning on taking the person to a dentaira, then according to this language, we are forgiving that as well. And we also make another exclusion. Another person we forgive is some, we're, we're going to ex- not forgive is the person who says, you know what, I can keep on sinning against him, and then I'll just ask him for mechila and he'll forgive me, and I'll do it again. So in other words, someone who's not remorseful and not repentant, so him, we don't forgive either. And other than them, I am Michael with a total mechila and I don't want anybody to be punished because of me. And the same way I'm Michael, everybody, let may Hashem put my grace in the eyes of other people, and they should be Michael me as well. So you know, let's think about this for a second, because I find it like super fascinating, and really anybody who says this should say, this really makes absolutely no sense. Why in the world should we forgive someone for money? Right? Someone owes us money. Someone had, oh, we worked for someone, didn't pay us. Someone was mazig us, right? Make, let's say, uh, raise your hand if this has happened to you before. Your car was sideswiped, and they caused you serious damage, and it didn't leave you a note. Has this happened to you before? Okay. Uh, has it happened to you in a place where you know that it was someone Jewish? Like, for example, it was in a yeshiva parking lot or something like that. Okay, you don't have to answer that question. But the idea is, is yes, these things happen, right? And then... That damage could be very significant. It could be $1,000 worth of damage, right? But you can't prove it unless you have video, video cameras. Um, and you often don't even know who it is, but you know that there was someone that should have owned up to what he did. And then other times you have people that, uh, that really, uh, you know, did something pretty bad to you. Like they, they or, 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 or sometimes it's maybe even a little innocent. Let's say someone borrows money from you. Someone borrows a significant amount of money from you, $100. Uh, $200, $300, $500, and you ask him to pay you back, and he says, yeah, 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 I'm going to pay back, I'm going to pay back, and then he doesn't, and then he doesn't, and then he doesn't, and eventually it just gets to the point where it's so awkward and uncomfortable, you say, you know, whatever. If he pays you back, he'll pay me back, and if he doesn't, he won't, and I'm not asking him again, and I'm certainly not bringing him to base it, right? So here you have money where the guy owes you $500, fair and square. He knows he owes you, and you know he owes you, you, he owes you, uh, and you just—it's just not worth it. It's not worth your agbas nefesh for you to keep on going after him. And sometimes that person might even be someone that, by nature of your relationship with that person, you can't really go after him, right? Or or whatever. So uh, you say, okay, look, I'm not going to be to pay him. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to do it anymore. So according to that, once one next Jim Kipper, if you say Tzilazaka, you are going to be Michael him because this is not money you're going to be Tavea. And it's not money that you might even be able to be. Lavdaf, you could even be mitzit apidin. You know, you might. You need proof to be mitzit apidin. Go ahead. If he's paid, if he comes and pays you that money. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. So if you say this truthfully, then if he comes after the to pay you, you have to tell him, listen, I was Michael you already. If you want to pay, you know, I'll take it. But but it's a matana. But I'm saying, does that make any sense? Why should you have to do that? Why Maybe would the circumstances change? Go ahead. Maybe he doesn't have uh, any means to pay you back. Okay, he's but why? I'm asking. Times, uh, okay. And he can prove that, that he just doesn't have money to pay back. So you think that's the only thing we're talking about? We're only making, we're not making any exceptions over here, as you see, right? We made very specific exceptions. Money that I could and I, pr- I plan on, um, that I plan on uh, collecting, otherwise you're Is meant to forgive. The lender or the bar, the... We're talking about you are the lender. Or you are the person who has gotten damaged, 
right? Or you are the person who has been betrayed, <laughs> right? By a person who is supposed to pay you and hasn't paid you, or is denying that he owes you money when he really does. All these things are included, right? And all these things we're saying that if I can't prove it, or if I'm not planning on going through the trouble of a dintaira, you're forgiving. Why should you do that? Why should, you, why should there be a reason to do that? Is this, is this a bigger kasha than forgiving for other things? Like, why is it so precious for other things? So, so that's, I, I happen to agree with you, but other things people would not agree with you. Let's say you, there's a concept called a mabra al-midaisa of marin al-kalpshav, right? So what's a mabra al-midaisa mean? So we typically understand that a mabra al-midaisa means that someone who overlooks what's really coming to him, I mean, to say if someone hurt him, if someone insulted him, and someone was rude to him, or someone hurt him, eh, humiliated him, any of those things, and you're a mabra al-midaisa, you say, okay, I'm going to forgive him, I'm going to let him go, so that Kaddish Baruch Hu forgives you too, right? But would you ever have a habamina you know, that that applies to monetary things? A right, guy owes you money, he owes you money, right? Why should you have to forgive that? Right? I don't think there's anybody that would have thought that would apply to that. Yeah, why would you even include it in the Tfilah Why would we con- include financial matters in Tfilah Why would you forgive that? Is why is that a Vedasim Kippur? Because there's there's the person still owes your money, so... So I'll why forgive him? I'll send it to Nevera, right? He didn't pay you. That's correct. So if you forgive him, then he doesn't have a Nevera. Yeah, so you Especially think that's a reason that you should forgive people that owe you money? Well, you've already decided not to collect on them. Correct. So once you've already sent out the weapon, then you're already removing your bias over him. You're not. You're not. Why? I'm asking. Why would you do that? He owes you money. Why well, do you? Why should you forgive him? Because it's not worth it. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, yeah. that therefore he gets to get away with it. So if I go and I'm mazik you now, I can be comfortable with the understanding that you're, you know, you're a shemaim. You're going to say, Chilazaka, you know, Erevin Kippur, and I'm not going to have to pay you. Well, that was excluded. What? That was excluded. Right. Echtav I mean. I'm not even going to ask Mechila at all. <laughs> I'm not even going to do that. This guy's not asking Mechila at all. It's uh, totally not repentant. Not even, he's not even doing that, right? And we're already, uh, you're already Mike Michael. Go ahead. Is the point essentially that I'm not asking him for any more. So what's the point of keeping him with that Avera? Either he's going to come to me later and offer it to me, and then we'll just, okay, I'll tell him, okay, I'm not going to because he's Irish or not. But if I don't have any recourse to get it back from him, so all I'm doing is keeping him with the Nevera that he's going to keep forever. So. Okay, and you see, so you hear that that's a, that's a, some kind of obligation to forgive? Is that an obligation, or is right. it a Midas Chasidus? It has to fall under something. Even Midas Chasidus has to have, have some kind of obligation. There's a Chasidus obligation. Does it go right? back to what the Mahami does, though? Is that what? what? Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Go ahead. You what know, are you saying? Wouldn't it be, it's the avoda for yourself that you're working on, the, the idea of mechila in general, that we're saying. That is true. Like and you think that applies to financial things? And so, any more so than it would non-financial things. Well, again, non-financial things if somebody is insults you. True. So there, it's, it's your own personal feelings your that's the problem. It's your problem. Here the guy owes you money. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm looking at it very from a very halakhic standpoint. The guy owes you money. Why should you relinquish that? We, we could look at it in very firm terms and think of ourselves as, why should our gashmias be any more, um, any, why should we be more <coughs> with our gashmias than we are with our ruchnias? So we could be mavir of with our ruchnias. 
Kolsha came with our gashmias, but that's very from. No, but I don't even from a from perspective. I don't hear why that would be included in Mavra Al Midaisa. In other words, again, my, my, I'm looking at it from a very Chayshim Mishpat angle. Chayshim Mishpat angle is, is that if you take someone money, you have to return it. It's your money, he has it, he has to return it. But I don't see any reason to let him off the hook. Any Bein Adam Lechaver, what is the Tikkun, the, the apology that you owe to this other person? Right. So why would money be any different? You owe him money, okay, but you owe him an apology, you owe something to make There is a similarity in that, I agree. There is a similarity in that. Um, and perhaps they're more similar than you think. And maybe I have a problem with both. <laughs> I'll get to that. But, but I, I, again, I guess the, the, to clarify again, Mavra Midaisev generally means where someone did something to you where the source of the problem is your Midas, right? In other words, the fact that you take offense, that you take all those things, right? If someone sideswiped your car, it's not a Midas issue, <laughs> right? You know, you, you're not offended. You're not humiliated. You don't care. You just... He owes, he damaged you, he has to pay. And he, he, why should you just let him, okay, you can walk off uh, with my money and I'm not going to, I'm Michael you. Maybe, uh, you know, you know what, one thing I could hear, maybe we'll say like this, one thing I could hear is that maybe a person should say that if I do die, so the moment before I die, I'm Michael everybody. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go to your grave owing people money, you know, the people owing you money. But I don't see why it should be a part of a Vedasim Kippur that you have to go into Yom Kippur having forgiven money anybody who owes you money. Maybe that to address what you're saying, you know, that you're saying, what's the point of just having this guy walk around with that Avera? It's not, it's not the Avera, it's the money. That's what I'm hearing differently. So yes, you don't want him to have the Avera. Michael him the Avera of not telling me and of betraying me, of not paying me, uh, you know. It's the mindset of saying, Yeah, but a lot of, this, a lot of money that's not, not like, money. that doesn't fall into that, right? Say a guy swipes your, swipes your car, you can't be, but you can't be might see it. You can't prove it. Yes, that's, that would be excluded then. Well? No, but you, you're, you're forgiving that. Imagine a guy swipes, sideswipes your car, Erevin Kipper. You didn't give him a chance to, like, you know, maybe call you up after you. Maybe Matsu Kipper will call you up, you know. Think of what was included over here. What are you going to say? I think Sorry? the mindset's a little different. That if you know that uh, the person has money and is capable of paying you back, right. versus he came upon hard times and he can't pay you back. Yeah, so, you know, a little more lenient. 100%. I hear a person should be. Uh, should be forgiving and it should give people time to pay back and if eventually he sees there's no way in the world the person will ever be fa- able to pay him back the right thing would be to let him go that's all true that's all true but that's 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 you're you're saying but this is excluding much more than that this is uh all right so now that we thought about it now let's see what actually some sources on it so here's a gra the grand mishle all right, now that doesn't seem like such a halachic source, but take a look at what it says here. Matzel nefashos aid ms. So the, this is the, the words of Mishlei. Matzel nefashos means this is saving people's lives. Aid ms, a truthful aid. A truthful witness saves people's lives. So what does that mean? The Grog explains. Pirish. Aid ms, a truthful witness, hainu, aid shabalahayid bebezdin. A witness that came to testify in Bezdin, al goizel benigzal. <laughs> on someone that, that a thief that stole from someone else. Matzel based the fashes, he saves two lives. 
Nefesh HaNegzal, he saves the person who was stolen from Me'ashkai. There it means just simply in a physical sense, he, steals him, he, he saves him from what, he was, what was stolen from him, his money. And he's also saving the soul of the thief. He's saving him from going to Gehenna. And essentially, you're saving the person who stole even more than you're saving the person who was stolen from. I mean, you say, even though the person who was stolen from is the guy who's actually benefiting over here in a very, very uh, physical sense, he's getting his money back, but what you've done for the person who stole, the thief, you've actually done much more for him. The person who, st- who got stolen from, that's just money. By testifying against him, you've saved his soul. The Gemara says this, someone that goes to Beisden and loses the Din Taira and has to pay up his shirt to pay his debt. He should go and start singing as he leaves. He should be in with great simcha. He was uh, saved from going to Gehenna. He took something that wasn't his from his hands and now he's been protected from stealing. And this is how the, the truthful witness saves two souls. Then he says, and this is the scary part, the truth is, the Gra says that he also is saving souls. Because someone who steals something from someone else and he does not return it, until they both die, both the person who stole, the thief, and the person who was stolen from, has to come back to this world as a Gilgal, which is less than ideal. Therefore, when this test, this aid, this witness testifies, and because of him, the stolen item gets returned to the owners, whom he's saving both of them from having to come back as a Gilgal. That's why it says he's saving their souls, he's saving both of their souls, the person who sold, who stole, and the person who was stolen from. So this gra says that um, it's in your best interest to forgive someone money that he's not going to pay back, even if he stole it from you. Because if you don't forgive it, you're going to have to come back as, as a Gilgal in order that that guy, who also will come back as a Gilgal, can pay you back. That's what this gross says. All right? Very superior. He's talking about then, correct. He does not talk about forgiveness. You're 100% right. But uh, he does say that uh, if it's not taken care of, both of them suffer, right? So, me, uh, so I, I saw, I was looking around a little bit, and a number of contemporary people asked the question, say, well, what's going on over here? What did the Nigzal do wrong? Why is he have forced to come back as a Gilgal just because that guy stole from him and didn't pay back? Well, that guy deal with it, but what do I have to leave my place in Ganadin, hopefully, wherever the guy goes, and he has to come back to this world and suffer through another round in this world just so that guy should pay him back. So... One tarot that was given, which is actually, turns out, is pretty early tarots, is what you're about to see here in the next piece. The next piece is, is Evan Shleima. Evan Shleima was a yid named Rav Shmuel Maltzan. Rav Shmuel Maltzan was known as the Magid from Slutsk, the Magid of Slutsk. He had access to a lot of the Kisve Hagra. And he then got, put them together, and he printed them, and he did, like most of the Musarim of the Gra, he, the Musra things, he put them together, made a safer out of it. And that safer was called Evan Shleima. And on, in that Sefer, he quotes this line of the Gra, that if you don't, if it doesn't get paid back, then both the Goslin and Nigzal have to come back as a Gilgal. And this is what he comments on that. Ba'al Kain, right? So Jeff, he actually takes the next step. That what you were, the point you were making. Al Kain, Roy Therefore, it's a smart thing for the person who was stolen from to forgive it. 
where he's totally given up on collecting it. So he shouldn't come, have to come as a Gilgal. And now he explains the reason, which is similar to what really you were trying, everybody was kind of starting to say. Any time that you are the cause that your friend should get punished, then you don't get brought into the mechitza of a kaddish baruch. You don't get brought in close to a kaddish baruch, which means, uh, which means that if a person deliberately, right, if a person deliberately. That's what Gemara is talking about. A person deliberately uh, demands justice from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he says, "Let that guy has to get punished, and please punish him." So you have brought upon some another yid a, ju- a justice. You you've brought upon Einish and another yid. So call call ha ha al yada. You are the cause that your chavah should be nenash. So then that Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't really want to have anything to do with you, and the the. Uh, this Reb Shmuel Malzahn, this uh, Evan Shleimer, he wants to claim that that's what you're doing wrong by not forgiving the guy that stole from you, who you have absolutely no plan of to, of, of collecting it, and you don't, you know, you're not getting it, you've given up on it, and if you don't forgive him, so then you are going to force him to get punished in Shemayim, so you get punished too, and you have to come back as a Gilgal. But on the other hand, if, if, the, if the uh, borrower knows this loophole per se, and says, oh, I won't have to pay it back because I'm not going to get uh, punished. So he's taking advantage, you mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it bothers me too. <laughs> and maybe, maybe uh, Zachary is right. Maybe that will be included in the chutz. You don't have to forgive someone like that because he's taking advantage. But even so, bottom line is, someone's going to have to come back as a Gilgal, right? It's, it's uh, for this debt to get paid. And it just seems... Now, uh, you know, Lemaisa, it seems like a travesty. I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair. That well, no, don't Hashem you think? Yeah, well, okay. I, Hashem has his way; he runs the world. I guess we can't tell him how to do it, but but it just seems wrong, you know, that that I should be. For, why should I have to forgive him? Like I'm, same question I'm asking before. Why should I have to forgive him? He and he does not. The guy is not totally not repentant here. Not repentant at all. Stole from you is not repentant. And uh, think for a second. I'm going to say you say a story over here in a moment. Um, you know, people could really hurt a person when they steal from them. You know, they can really, really cause you a lot of pain. I know it's true, and you can you can work on yourself and you can let that go. But I'm just saying, it's not like we're talking about. It, it's something which is yeah, the Torah cares a lot about. <laughs> the Torah is really tevei that very much. Take a look. Um, you know, we're talking about over here the gra. What the oh before so before we get to the next piece so I was looking around at some farm some contemporary farm and there's uh, a yid in Yerushalayim may have heard of him Rav Gamliel Rav Gamliel Rabinovich right it's a famous fellow he's a, he's a big mashpia um, he's a big tzaddik a big, big makubal and uh, he has a couple of farm where he he printed I, I don't know if he printed or people printed it on his behalf um, I think it's I think that he's the same person that he uh, had Shilas, a bunch of Shilas that he asked to different Rabbanim around Eretz Yisrael. So this, well, this Shilas, he asked this Shilas about this gra, that what does this mean? Why is the Nigzal being held responsible? And he asked it to a Yid named Rav, uh, Rav Chesner. And Rav Chesner is uh, a dying in Eretz Yisrael. So he asked him this question. And Rav Chesner gave the same answer, that the reason why you should forgive is because by not forgiving, you're hold, making that guy accountable, you're get, making that guy get an Einish, and you shouldn't have 
cause someone else an einish, that's why you should forgive. And he goes and he gives four nafkaminas. He says, comes out four nafkaminas. So he manages takes this very seriously. He says like this. First of all, he says, what happens if you don't know that someone stole money from you? Right? Sometimes people steal money from you and you don't even know. Right? A guy... Uh, a guy uh, steals your identity, right? <laughs> and he, uh, he causes you all kind of damage. You might not even know about it, right? Or a different kind of thing. There are a lot of many different ways people can steal money and you may not know. So he says, so then that can't be held against you, right? If you don't know about it. So I'm not deliberately trying to keep, uh, to be, to be mazik anybody. I'm not trying to cause anybody uh, to get an einish. So there he says you wouldn't have to forgive that. So you don't have to forgive what you don't know, okay? Then his second afkamina is, what happens, he says, if uh, someone steals from someone else and then the person who was stolen from dies shortly after that. Like, he didn't have even a chance to forgive. So there also, he says, look, you know, everybody's entitled to a certain amount of time till uh, you get over something, till it can be expected that you're going to forgive it. So there too, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be held against him. And then he also says... Um, What's his other case? He says, what happens also, he says, let's say, the, the, his, this is the part that really bothered me the most. He says, what happens if the Nigzal, you didn't forgive the guy? You didn't, no, I'm not going to forgive him. He stole money from me. He was mad, but not going to forgive him. And then after the guy passes away, the person who was stolen, stolen from the Nigzal passes away, the Gazlan does tshuva and says, you know what? He died now and I can't pay him back anymore. I really want to do tshuva. And he goes to the Yarshim, comes to the Shiva, and he pays what he, what, what, what he owes. He says, the niggas are still going to get punished? <laughs> the niggas are still going to be held against him, but you didn't forgive him, you should have forgiven him. Right? The guy, the niggas are, the Gazan made up, right? The Gazan paid, he took care of his thing. He says, the guy still gets punished. The niggas are still gets punished for not forgiving. I said, that's, that's really not okay. <laughs> that's not okay. You're going to hold that against him too? You know, the, the, the guy finally did pay back. And another Sefer I saw talks about what happens if someone shows up after Yom Kippur who you thought would never pay you back and then pays you back. That wants to pay you back. So that person suggests, that other sefer suggests, that when you say this nusach of the Tzilazaka, you should add chutz, if the guy act, ends up remembering, that, <laughs> that I, then I, I retroactively don't really mean to forgive. You know? Again, it's just, it just emphasizes how unusual this is. You know, how, this, this whole kind of mechila. Go ahead. Where, where, do, where do we see this makor in, in Torah? Because the, the Torah seems to say that uh, Gazlan is chayv to pay you back. 100%. So, I'm with you on that. That's what's bothering me. That has, has been what's bothering me the whole time. The Torah is actually very strict with people that steal, that are oishek, that don't pay back. The, 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 the Tanakh is full. That Akash Baruch doesn't forgive those people. <laughs> Why do you have to forgive them? I mean, other right? than that, I mean, right. the, the Torah is saying you have to pay you back. I mean, that, 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 that doesn't change. The, Torah, the person is high up to pay you back. Until you forgive them. Okay. And if we're but, saying that you're high up to forgive them, otherwise you get punished too, then the Torah should have just said... When you get stolen from, you are responsible. You're obligated to forgive. It, the, 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 it doesn't seem. Yeah, the Torah is it doesn't seem to go there. Reality that you have to. That he, he's chayv to pay. You have to pay him back. We're getting very stark. Are you being chayv? No, there's like the Torah talks about it. Amana uh, and the Yasim, right? That they don't have the wherewithal to to collect the money. And the Torah says, what's going to happen to that guy, right? going to be get wiped out. According to this, that's not what this Yalman and Yasim should be doing. They should be saying, okay, you know what? We can't go after this guy. We're too weak. We're not strong enough. We don't have the clout. We should forgive him, right? Well, and I'm not, I'm not asking a cash. I'm just saying, from the way the Torah presents things, which I believe is what Jeff's trying to say, the Torah doesn't seem to be going in that direction, right? The Torah seems to be saying, this guy steals. 
we're going to throw the book at him. Either Bezdem will, or Kosh Baruch is going to take it out against him. Every affair is still being on him too, right? Correct. The person did tshuva, so it's very nice you gave them, but they're still going to get... Okay. Okay, well, we're talking... That's that's what's bothering me here, actually, because we're not talking about a guy who's doing tshuva. We're saying, forgive this guy, he has done absolutely no tshuva, nothing. Not like a guy, okay, he's doing tshuva, he doesn't know where to find me, he doesn't have the money... That I could hear, we should forgive. That's Taka Madrega, you should forgive, right? You're saying, it's Zilzak, it's Erebin Kippur. I know this guy would pay me back if he could. I know this guy would pay me back if he knew. I know if I would be Tevehim enough times, he would pay me back. All those means is essentially he's repentant. Essentially, he's a good guy. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who, is, who, who deliberately stole money from you, denied it in front of other people, brazenly lied, and uh, you're, nothing you can do. Okay, I forgive him. What? <laughs> no. No, that, that's, that's the, the sentiment of yours. One second, go ahead. This is not something you do every night. Like, normally you would, you have to forgive people each, you know, before you go to sleep. This isn't on my list. Uh, I think it is. I think you do say it there. You mention money, don't you? You, you, you mention money. It's in the every night one. Okay, but, uh, okay, I wanted to know if there's a real, because otherwise it's going to be a difference. Yeah. But if it's in, I think, I, take a look. I, I think it mentions money, but maybe not. Go ahead. Like, if we're talking here, we're talking Dafka on Yom Kippur, and we're talking about the Nigzel, that he has the Chiyav of forgiveness and everything right. like that. Not on the Gazlin about this brazen person who stole from him. So we're talking about specifically a one-time thing, that it is Erev Yom Kippur, this person's doing it. Correct. So it, it's not a typical thing. It's not a going against the Torah. The Torah is saying, like, we're... Well, it's, it's every... The the Kippur is, right. Okay, Yom Kippur is once a year, I'm saying. People... Uh, People steal and or owe you money for you. I mean, you know, don't you know people that that haven't been paid? Well, I'm just saying, and, and they. Do you think? Would you have ever? Let me ask you something. Let me ask you from this perspective. Borrowed money, you know, large sum of money, and paying it off over time, or paying off. Over, we're talking specifically somebody who is injured. So or is specific, but I'm, I'm asking. Here's my question. I guess my question is: is that would you have ever thought? To give someone advice that way, right? Like if someone, someone is is hurt, uh, someone got insulted, someone humiliated, someone they're in a fight. So then the way we approach it is, we try to say, okay, get over it, let go, because it's always good for both people. It's good for the person himself. We, we encourage Bechila, right? But would you ever think when someone approaches you and say, listen, I worked for this guy for a whole year and he hasn't paid me, and it's five years, and I can't get the money from him? Would you say to say, okay? Just forgive him, forgive the money, or you say, no, 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 don't forgive him, keep on trying to bother him, I don't know, you know. But I just want to ask, would you, is that what you would say? Is, would you think that to tell the person that? I have someone that's but, asking me this, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll be honest, someone's asking me, they had, they, 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 they're owed oh, something like five or six thousand dollars, so they worked for someone, and the person says, okay, maybe I'll pay it next month, they know they're never getting, they know they're not getting the money from this person, they know, well, let's be honest, we all know they're not getting the money from this person, they're not going to Dintaira. I never advise them to just be Michael. But uh, to make the yeah. comparison fair, we're talking about Lashon Hara, we're talking about Motsi Shemra, could be horrible things. They could be very damaging, and this is true. Nobody's, nobody's doing any tshuva, and you're expected to forgive so, them. Uh, so I think people yeah. have a harder time true. forgiving for that than some money. Sometimes. It depends how much money, but yeah. It depends, but <laughs> right. Or how egregious it was. That's what I was saying earlier, though. That's a very idealistic way of the... When it comes to halakha, there's a difference between kosher mishpat in terms of which... Um, the, the standard of aidis that you're allowed to accept. We, we have different halakhos. <coughs> so it's not just in our svara of 
we should say kol shikain because if you're willing to be mavir on on your on your ego, then kol shikain you should let go of the gashmias because we're all chasidim, and like and gashmias isn't what we live life for. In the Torah, there's differences between Choshim Mishpat and other things, and the, the, the standards to which we hold on to things, and the standards to which it takes to throw out a case, and all the different levels that. Hey, uh, look, that are this there. is the this is the so this is the I'm problem. I, this is these, this is what it says. You know, I'm just just pre- pre- I'm putting from it my, out there. From my perspective, what I was thinking along those lines is, if we were talking purely on midos, that you're you're forgiving the meaning, don't hold a grudge. That is not actually a din in that you're you're being mochel the the money the right the, the money itself, but that you're being you're let it go. Don't let it weigh on your heart all the time. That kind of thing, I could say, I could see being a young kid. Right. Or let, that let go that, and the that we would advise the person, right? Met them, like let it go and accept them for who they are. We would, and that's an advice we would give a person who would say, okay, you know, stop letting it weigh on you, don't let it kill you, the fact that he's not paying you, move on from it, but we tell him to forgive the money too? No, we say, okay, you know, hopefully they'll pay you one day, who knows, it'll change your heart, you know. Anyway, so that's, that, I just want to say one last story, the story here, and then go ahead, yeah. There's a case in, uh, I think in Silver Set Poland, the end of, over there, where there's the, the Poland mess yes. this thing up, and, and, uh, right, so he right? tells them to go and, and give them their, their glima back, forgive the money, right. and then Rashi explains, he, even there's a lifni mishor zedin, that sometimes were actually held to that Correct. Standard. So and that's a, within the parameters of Choshe Mishpah. This is true. So over there, the story was like this. The story was they were Aniyam, as Rashi explains. So they did not have really the ability to pay. And uh, what they did was they were mazik something, shayig, a total shayig, you know, but they're still held responsible because that's the nature of Hezek. So they're held responsible. And to the, the concept of the, the concept of, of, um, the Bethlehem said over there was we were telling him swallow the loss and don't hold them responsible for every nickel and dime because they, you know that they can't afford it. So, yeah, you're right. There are times when we tell people to push the boundaries of Cheshemish, but that's correct. You're, that, you're, you're right about that. I won't disagree. But um, that's not what we're talking about here. In other words, we're talking about here something which you are totally entitled to collect and not expected to forgive if you had the ability to collect it. It's just since you can't, we're telling you, okay, forgive it. Right? That's, that's the... Let's just see the story over here, just to give it's funny that it's the gra, the gra itself that the story happened to. The the Pa'asa Shulchan um, is a very uh, central safer on Halachas Atlius Baaretz. It was one of the Talmidim of, I think, I don't think he was an actual Talmud of the Gra, I think he was a Talmud of the Talmud of the Tamidah Hagra. I don't know if he himself actually met the Gra or not, but he, uh, in his Hakdama, in, of the passage, and he says a lot of things about the Gra's source for a lot of the famous things we know about the Gra's from his Akdama. So this is one story he says over there. Have you over there was a story? Should be Ireg Abasi, Arabasi Am in his city, which is Vilna, the, which had many people. Pasku Meakala Kaidish, Litin Lebuchal Shavua Sach Mesuyim, the Parnasas Bnei Beise. So the, to this, the city of Vilna took upon themselves to support the Gra. Right? He was the the Rav, so to speak. It was no real Rav, but he was like the Rav. So they they supported him, and they had a certain amount of money they gave him every week to support his family. So there was one Shamish uh, servant there. Al Yadoi, They would send the money with him. Right, so every week they didn't sell it. Right, there wasn't option, so they had the cash. They sent it with this guy to the grow. And the guy pocketed the money, pocketed the money that was the sole source of income of the grow. This was it, and this guy pocketed it, and he did not give it to the grow. One, one time, or happened many times. 
Venimshach Kamishanim. This went on many years. And he refused to tell anybody about it. And he was so difficult for him. His, his wife, the Tzedekanias, they didn't have what to eat. And she went in front of him and said, what are we going to do? We're in food. He said, hang around our neighbor's house during dinner time. The children, you know, they see other people eating, they're going to like say, oh, could you give me something? And this would have something to eat. That's what he was forced to do as a result of him not getting his money. He did not want to reveal the fact that he has not not getting paid because he had such bitachin. He refused to cause humiliation to someone someone who was very deserving of humiliation, but he was refused to cause humiliation to someone uh, on, but because of him. And then this the Shamish got sick, so this guy never repented until he got sick, but not the Lamas and he was about to die. And at that point, he um, he 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 was maida. There's already many years that he hasn't uh, given the money that was sent through him. And then he passed away. And that's why Shari That's why the grok can be called a chassid v'kaddish, because this story happened. That's why he can be referred to as a chassid v'kaddish. Adkan the story. Now. You can. This is a story that's obviously only for a chassid in Kaddish. <laughs> that's not for a, for everyday people. This kind of story. There are a lot of things that you can ask about the story, right? You can ask about betachin. You can ask about uh, according to what the Graja said, he actually would have been saving the guy's neshama if uh, if he would have reported him, saved him from stealing all the, all the the rest of the years that he was stealing. I don't think he was stealing from the gra. I think he was stealing from the tzibur. Right, the money never got to the grow. He was stealing it from the tzibur, stealing it straight out of the out of the pockets of the kehila. <laughs> I don't think the grow was masking to that. It wasn't as for the ganav to be mizake uh, to him. So it's just uh, an em- to emphasize that the grow who wrote those words in Mishlei had his own personal story. That just think of how egregious that was. Right, he f- forced the grow's children to beg for food, and they had nothing else to eat. And this is someone, essentially, if we take this all to heart, that the Gra is saying that the Gra didn't forgive him, then the Gra will be forced to come back as a Gogol. Because right? he wasn't, he wasn't going to have to him. So just, I'm just trying to give a perspective on what we're talking about over here. Go ahead. The difficulty is with the story. When you, when, you're, when you forgive one person, you end up harming others. So by not recording this individual, not wanting to be Mavayish him, so as a result, his children had to have the bush of begging. And they suffered, the, correct. The Shreinim needed to take on the additional support. So it, it's not much that you could just forgive one person of money. Yes, the, the I'm happy. I didn't, I didn't have to make that call. <laughs> you're right. No, 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 you're 100% right. Are, are, are tremendous. Are, are, are huge, 100%. I, I wouldn't want to have to make that decision, but this is, just the, this is the story as it is. Okay, now, let's move on. I want to move on to Mechila, actually. We're talking about Mechila in general, forgiving someone in general. And this is the question which I was talk- discussing a little bit on uh, Sunday morning, that really, do you have to forgive a person who is not repentant at all? Do you have to forgive a person who is not asking Mechila? 
do you have to forgive a person that um, has no plans on repenting or for being remorseful for what he did, right? So I think we tend to th- assume, um, and I've seen Svarim that assume this, you know, uh, this is the, they are um, reputable sources that assume that, yes, if you really want to be a Mavra Amidaisav, if you want to be someone who truly uh, doesn't hold things, doesn't take things to heart, and you want a Kajbrocha to forgive you, you want a Schos for Yam Nerayim, you should forgive everybody no matter what. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong that that's what typically a person thinks, and, and, and more so, you kind of say it in the Rebbein Shalom every night, right? If kind of you're forgiving everybody, it sounds like you're just forgiving them carte blanche, right? Whether they ask Mechila, they don't ask Mechila. Yes, said, no. We but, just, we, we, we just seem to say that by Gezel, correct. But I'm asking now if Gezel was like a Shevel Chiddush over here, right? But in other things, right? Someone uh, humiliated you. Humiliated you, right? Embarrassed you in front of a tzibur. Never asked for forgiveness. Never did. Never. Uh, do you have to forgive him? Should you forgive him? Is it the right thing to forgive him? And I, and I want to also differentiate before we say something. I don't, I'm not talking about letting go. Letting go is something else. Letting go is a personal abayda. That means don't allow it to ruin you. Don't allow it to ruin your 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 uh, nefesh. Allow, think that a Kaddish Baruch who made it happen to you, there's a reason for it, have betachin. Those are all true, and that's a personal avoid that every person has to do to let not let things affect them, not let them hurt him. But now the next question is, okay, but do I have to forgive him? Do I have to let that guy off the hook if he has absolutely no remorse, no, doesn't repent? Aren't you holding on to something? You know? Well, Aren't you holding on to something if you're not paying them? Yeah, you are. So that's going to be what it is. And is that wrong? Uh, I'm asking, do you think you're obligated to? to, You assume yes. You assume you should forgive, right? You assume the right thing is to forgive. I I think that's what most people think. That the right thing is to let people talk, right? To forgive. So I want to go through a a number. I I think it's wrong, actually. You do not have to forgive. It's not even Midas Chasidis. And not only is it not Midas Chasidis, it doesn't even do anything. <laughs> it doesn't even help the person. If you forgive a person and he doesn't ask Mechila and he's not repentant, you're not even accomplishing anything. He's, he's, he, he didn't do anything for him or for yourself. So let's start. Yeah, so much time. Well, you're not even Marvel Midasov. So I'm going to start actually out of order here just so that you know I'm not, I'm not crazy. Look at the, the second to the last source over here, Sefer Hasidim. There's a bunch of sources that lead up to this, but look at this, this Sefer Hasidim, just that so you see someone, Arishan. Sefer Hasidim is one of the Rishayim. A lot of our minhagim are based on the Sefer Hasidim. So look at this second to last. Look how he describes a chassid, a pious person, right? Ein chassid, al misha, a pious person is someone who's a ma'avr al who forgives things, right? Now look how he describes what it means, ma'avr al People come in front of you that they sinned against you. They did something bad to you. And now they, they uh, repent. They, they have remorse. And they regret it. And they're asking you to forgive them. And whatever they can do to, to fix what they did wrong, they, they've already taken care of it. And they regret it. And they're asking you to forgive. And they say, Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Whatever you think I need to do to make up, I'll do it. 
And then when you see this, and you see how, how remorseful and how much regret these people have, and how much they've done everything they can to fix the problem, and they're willing, and uh, you actually, if you want, you could actually, uh, you could hurt them if you want. You could pay them back. But yet you forgive them wholeheartedly. And you don't think bad to them. That's a pious person. That's Avraham Midaisav. That's what a Mavraham Midaisav means. Shenamar Shuvah Meshuvah Yisrael Vleapopane Bechem Kichasadani. Bechem Bnei Yaakov Keshachatu Liyosef. When the Bnei Yaakov sinned against Yosef, Machalahem, he forgave them, and he didn't pay back what they did to him. And this is the root of Chasidis. So he describes what Mavra Midaisa is, and very clearly, this is something which, this is about as remorseful as you could possibly get, right? The guy asks Mechila, he gets down on his hands and knees, he's regret. He regrets he's already done whatever he can to fix what he did wrong, and now he says, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And at that point, you accept his remorse, and you forgive him, you're pious, and you're a maral midaisav, and you've done lefnim mishur sadin. This Isn't is the same chassidim says. Not holding a grudge and not revenge, not good. Those are, those are Isser and Mutara themselves. You would think, right? There's the Isser of Lassistan Sechir Bovavecha, Lassika and Lassita, right? So, someone asked me that, very funny, I was in Los Angeles, right, uh, a week, two weeks ago, and someone came over to me, I was in the middle of preparing the Shur, and someone that I know there came over to me and he said, you know, uh, I don't know if you ever thought about this topic, but I'm wondering a little bit about Mechila. <laughs> this is his question. And he said, you know, the, the Mishnah Baba Kama says that if someone asks you for Mechila, you shouldn't be cruel and not forgive him. We learn that from Ram Avinu, you shouldn't be cruel and not forgive him. And I was wondering, he tells me, why, of course you have to forgive him. You can be able assistance if you don't uh, let go, and, and of course you have to forgive him. That was the question he asked me, which is the question you're asking. And, uh, and then, so I answered him right then, and then I was talking it over with my father-in-law. And uh, it's incorrect. It's not true. You're not able to assistance if a person harms you in a egregious way, in a way that uh, he did it deliberately wrong, he was wrong and he was evil with what he did, you, number one, are allowed to hate him for what he did, because he's a Russia. Now, a Russia doesn't have to mean someone who does znos, someone who murders someone, someone who does an avera and doesn't repent that avera that he's doing, someone who deliberately did an avera with un, and is unrepentant, is a Russia in that is, area. Not saying he's a Russia who you can't be Machal Shabbos for, but he, you can hate him for that. So you a lot of hate him for the fact he did that. Um, you can't keep it a secret. That means you're not allowed to be So you can't go to the person and make believe you're his friend and really you hate his guts. That's But you are allowed to hate him for what he did if he's unrepentant. You also, the Mishnah, Baba Messiah talks about Yeshel of Tarumas. You have the right to hold a grudge against someone that like uh, the case over there was that he, he promised you a job and then he reneged on it and you, there's no recourse that you can have against them, but you can have tarumas, the mission says. And Rabbi Shalantar explains, he says, you can't stam as I have tainus on someone, you have to be entitled to have tainus on him. But if you are entitled, you could. <laughs> so it's incorrect, it's a, it's, a mis, it's a misconception. It's not the best idea to have a grudge, and it's certainly not the best idea to hold, be a makbid, a captain, and, and, and hold you know, every little thing, hold, that's bad. That's not good meters. But, but when someone t- does something egregious against you, like, and, you know, uh, Yosef was most certainly allowed to hold a grudge against them. And he, you know, when you think about the amount of damage the Bnei Yaakov did to Yosef, the Shvatim did to Yosef, 
they, uh, you know, they, they, they made him a slave. Uh, to, they, they, they took him away from his home, from Yaakov Avinu, and he had the worst 12 years of his life, you know, first a slave for Petifer, then being chased by Petifer's wife, then be publicly humiliated, then going to jail uh, in Mitzrayim, and then, you know, it was, he, he suffered at Ein Shir, incomprehensibly. So he was well within his rights to hold it against them. And he forgave them. And he forgave them after they asked him, Mechila, we actually learn out the halacha of asking mechila from the shvatim. That's a uh, Gemara here in Yuma. Amr, uh, it's uh, the third Maramakam on the page. Amr Abiyasi Bar Chanina, Kalam Mavakesh Mita Mechaveroi, Al Yavakesh Mimena Yosim Mishalash Pa'amim. So someone who asks uh, something from his friend uh, that, that he did wrong, asking mechila from his friend, that he shouldn't ask more than three times. Shenamr Ona Sana Vata Sana. So this is what the 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 the, the, the Yosef said as the previous pasuk, the one right before. Kai Tamerli Yosef. This is what you tell Yosef. Ana, please, Sana, please carry Pesha Achacha, the sins of your brothers. The Chatasam was it wrong? Kiragamulucha. They they did evil to you. Vata Sana. Now please uh, carry and forgive the Pesha Avdelakeavicha. So it says Na three times. Ana, Na, and Na. That's please, please, please. That's where we learn out this concept that you ask Mechila three times. So the source for asking Mechila three times comes from the Shvatim asking Yosef. And the uh, Sefer Chassidim says that Yosef was a Mavra Amidah that he forgave them. And they asked Mechila, it says they fell down crying. Uh, if you look at the Pesukim, the end of Ayachi, and they were fearful for their life and they wanted to know, what can we do? We'll serve you, we'll be your slaves. They promised themselves them. They did all the things that the Sefer Chassidim says you have, that this guy did. That's what they did. And Yosef was, uh, was a Mavra Amidah by forgiving him, forgiving him. So I'm just demonstrating, this is just Mephorish, that's all. There's now the bunch of riots that is from Tanakh, but this is just, we see very clearly that the concept of being a Mavra Amidah doesn't mean if the guy is not repentant. It doesn't mean if the guy is not remorseful. Because think about it, Hashem doesn't forgive someone who's not repentant. Hashem doesn't forgive someone who's not remorseful. Hashem doesn't give any, he gives you time, he gives a person plenty of time, and he helps a person, he does everything in his power to make you do mechila, get you to do mechila. But if a person doesn't repent, he's not forgiven. So why would Hashem expect that from us? <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't hold it at, right? That's wrong. It's, it's, it's uh, condoning evil if you don't, if there's no justice for it. Go well, ahead. It sounds like we're missing a big line in the Tefillah Zaka about for those who have not who, are, asked, who have not asked Mechila. Yeah, doesn't say oh. anything about that at all. So that's an excellent question, right? So when, when I had this question, so Tulazaka is a Rechai Adam, right? But but the, the Rebbein Shalom we say at night, before you go to sleep, what are you supposed to say, um, is actually a Gemara. It's a Gemara Megillah and it's a Gemara in Shabbos, both places. It says that both the two different Amaroim said that one said the reason why I lived so long is because I never took a tainet on someone to bed with me, and the other one said, every night before I go to sleep, I forgive everybody. So the source is from a Gemara. So, what's going on, right? Why are they forgiving everybody? Uh, they didn't ask for Mechila. So I found a Marsha, the half of the Gemara. The way I found this Marsha is like this. I was wondering, <coughs> what do you do? You say the Rebbe Shalom every night. If, if you talk it to you, you say, Kriyashma Shalmita. What if you don't forgive someone? Someone just did something to you, and you don't, you don't forgive him. You're not holding by forgiving him. Not yet, at least. Right, every person takes time. What do you do? You say the Rebbein Shalom anyway? So I found a couple of people also, contemporary, talk about it. Sort of, Rizchik Zilberstein says, yes, forgive him, do it besimcha, and you don't know what it'll do for you, etc., etc., etc. It goes on like that. Rav Av Tzia Zatzal writes, you can say chutz. 
Seichot, say I'm forgiving everybody except for this person. And eventually, when you're ready to forgive him, say forgive him. Ravad Yosef says, no, no, no. He says, Rabbi Shalom was never intended for someone like that. That didn't ask him, Echilim? It was never intended for that. How, how does he know? It's Mufurush uh, Masha. Amazing. The Masha, the Gemara in Yuma, the Gemara says that a Talmud Chachem she'ene noikem v'noiter k'nachash, a Talmud Chachem that doesn't hold a grudge like a, like a snake, ain't a Talmud Chachem. So a Talmud Chachem that doesn't hold a grudge is not a Talmud Chachem. So the Gemara asks, you hold a grudge? Aha, my Rava, Rava says, Kalam Avra al-Midaisim, Avirin la Kalp Shav. He's not supposed to hold grudges, he's supposed to forgive people. Kalam Avra al-Midaisim, Avirin la Kalp Shav. So the Gemara answers, that's if the person asks Mechila. If the person asks Mechila, then we say, Kalam Avra al-Midaisim, Avirin la Kalp Shav. If the person doesn't ask Mechila, so then, on the contrary, Atam Chacham should be Nekim and don't forgive the guy. So the Masha asks, well, one second, you're supposed to say this to Rabbanish Shalom every night. So let's take a look, it's the last thing. Don't put my head on my pillow until I forgive everybody that bothered me, that hurt me. That's only if they ask forgiveness. So what he meant to say was, this Amor that was saying that meant to say, the person asked me forgiveness uh, 11 a.m. And I wasn't ready to forgive them at 11 a.m. They, they, they asked me forgiveness, but it still bothered me what they did. So, I made sure that before I go to sleep, I didn't go to sleep until I, go, I worked on myself and I forgave them. But that's what Masha says. The Masha says that Taka the Rubayin Shalalam is for people that asked Mechila. Not for people that didn't ask Mechila. And that's what Ravadiyah says. They don't say Chutz. It was, never, it was never intended for people that didn't ask Mechila. Go ahead. It's almost the opposite now, though, because he does put in the line Chutz by the momon, as if maybe I would have thought that it is included anyway. Correct. Right. You know or the Tulzaka, you mean? Yeah, now, yes. it's, now it's a dollar pasha. Oh, for sure. I wasn't included in the first place. Right, right. But so why do you even have to speak do, it out? You actually have to say Or the Echtav Asha, he speaks out, right? Except for someone that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it to him and he'll forgive me, right? So, okay. Right, right, same concept. Right. The guy's not from repentant, you know, so right. uh, I, I agree. I, I, you know, to, when I tell this to people, they find it puzzling. And troubling, and that, that's why I just want to make the last point clear. We, we didn't we don't have time to go through all those sources. You can take a look at them, but the idea is like this: the idea is, why, why do we need to forgive someone? The, like I said, we're not talking about the personal job of getting over it and letting go. That that's a personal avoid. Everybody has to do that. But I'm talking about what, what's the point of actually forgiving someone? The point is because Hashem should forgive them, right? That's the whole reason. Hashem kind of puts it in our hands, and we forgive him, so Hashem should be able to forgive him, right? If a person is not repentant. And if a person doesn't ask Mechila, even if they are repentant, but if they don't ask Mechila, Hashem does not forgive them. So there's no reason to forgive You're not gaining anything. Nothing is being accomplished. Absolutely nothing is being accomplished. Go ahead. What about, and so many times when a person has an interaction with another person, both parties think they're right. <laughs> so right. no one's really ready to accept responsibility for asking forgiveness because when you have a negative interaction, I, you know, he did that to me, no, he did that to me, right. and, and everybody walks away expecting the other person to apologize. So why can't this just be talking about that? Go ahead. Where you, you just say to yourself, there is a possibility that, you know, I could be wrong here. So let me just go ahead and forgive him because I'm not 100% sure that I'm just, you know, and, 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 and he's wrong. So let, let me just go ahead and forgive. And you mean that's what the Rebbeinah Shalom is referring Yeah, I mean, it doesn't to. have to be that he has to come and ask, Forgiveness, it's for those cases where you're just not 100% sure. Or, or you're ready to accept the, the 1% possibility that maybe it was your fault. 
So let's clarify that because that's an important point, actually, which is almost always the case, right? It's very, it's rare that two people hurt each other, humiliate each other, without there being some kind of context. It's always a context, right? So there's always someone did something and did this and did that. There's, there's something going on, right? So it's almost always this is the case that everybody has some kind of justification or argument that really they're right or the other person is wrong and they should ask mechila. So inevitably what usually happens in the course of an argument is that two people harm each other and they both do something which they both really need to ask mechila for, right? So they just say, okay, I'm maybe 10% wrong and that person is 90% wrong, right? Usually that's the way these things go down. So in, in Shemayim, it doesn't work that way. In Shemayim, the, the two things are unrelated uh, it means to say, I mean, you know, obviously measures of areas can be with how much expectations he has from you. But as far as asking Mechil for another person, if we hurt another person, whether it's 10% of the argument or 5 or 1, we have to ask Mechil for it. And if he doesn't forgive us, we're, not gonna, we're just not going to get forgiven. He has to ask for forgiveness for what he did as well, right? And if we don't ask forgiveness from what we did, right? You could say the Rebbein Shalom night and hope that he says Rebbein Shalom also. But if we don't ask forgiveness, we've actually missed a very essential part of the tshuva. And it's not simple that HaKadosh Baruch forgives. So the part of the, 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 the tshuva is going through that humbling experience of going to the other person and saying, I know, you know there's context here and not saying, you know, you're right, I'm right, I know what this that I did was wrong. And a person needs to do that. But you have to specify, you can't say conditionally, you can't say, okay, it's possible that I was wrong in the wrong here, and therefore I apologize. Can you do it like that, or you have to specify you what can, actual... You can, you can do that, um, and then you can also not necessarily expect the full forgiveness. You can get a conditional forgiveness. <laughs> no, and that's what's going to happen. Meaning to say, what some of these other sources you'll see is that you not only have to ask Mechila when you ask Mechila, but you're supposed to ask the person who you sinned against to daven to to forgive you. Now when you think about that for a minute, what that really means is is that you are admitting that not only did you do something wrong in his eyes, but you also did something wrong in God's eyes. right? So that, that's really what it means to ask forgiveness. It means to come to the realization that I really did something wrong, not like maybe I did something wrong. And you therefore need him to forgive you and you need Hashem to forgive you. That's a madrega. That's a, that's a madrega to ask forgiveness that way. That's the actual correct way to ask forgiveness. And the correct way to forgive is that way too. To forgive and then to daven to Hashem to forgive the person. Because a lot of times we forgive people and what we do is like, okay, I just want to be able to get along with you. I don't want to have to cross the street every time I see you. I don't want it to be awkward in shul. And Hashem will take care of you. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the way we forgive people sometimes. And that's, that's not Marvel Midesav either. Marvel Midesav is a Madrega. And the Madrega is that you totally forgive the person and you dive into Hashem to forgive him. And you want it to be off the record. You don't want it to be mentioned again, not in Shemaim, nowhere. And that's a Madrega. And that's why he says it's a chesidus. Go ahead. So, yeah. you were saying before how forgiveness is separate from trying to work on yourself. Correct. With God. It sounds like they're not, they're not dissimilar. They're, they're kind of the same. But what does forgiveness really mean? Though? Yeah, I mean, it requires, it requires it requires that first step. No, 100%. I'm just saying is that first step doesn't require a person asking you mechila. Right. That first step should happen no matter what because that's a part of a person's bitachin. That, uh, you know, you don't take it so much to heart. You realize Hashem intended it. You know, that's, that's a person's avayda. Okay, we'll, we'll stop over here. So it's later already.